you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. And this is Wednesdays with Will. I know we had Monday with Will, but uh, <laughs> here I am again and uh, have some great things to share. First of all, uh, if you want to email us, please email us at addisons at AFR.net. That's addisons, A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S, at AFR.net. Dot net. Also, the Marriage Family Life Conference, July 7th to the 9th. You can register today because we reopen the registration today, May 25th to May 31st. And so if you missed the first round and you're like, man, I really want to go. I really want to go. Well, here's your opportunity. We have uh, it's going to be open for a week. So go to marriagefamilylife.net. And register your family for the Marriage Family Life Conference. It's going to be a great time. You know, we've been having meetings and uh, praying, and it's just awesome uh, how it's coming together. So I'm excited about this year's conference. Here I stand. Uh, I think it's going to be a great encouragement for those who would attend. Uh, We have our youth apologetics track uh, for all the children uh, ages 4 to 17, Four to 17, we want to minister to the the entire family. Uh, We desire to do so. So uh, it's just going to be a great time. If you didn't get your ticket the first time around, please go to marriagefamilylife.net before May 31st so you can be a part of what God is doing, the Marriage Family Life Conference. Also, you can follow us on Facebook uh, and on YouTube. If you want to watch the broadcast live, just search for Airing the Addisons. Make sure you do that and visit our By Design Facebook page as well. And also the By Design page, afa.net slash by design. Man, so today, today, uh, I want to talk about a a topic or issue uh, that is kind of concerning to me as I look out on what's happening in our society. Uh, Recently, I wrote a, a Facebook post. Just some of my thoughts. It's funny because, you know, Facebook, and I'm not on there a lot, not like I used to be, but I get on when I have some type of thought, and I'm like, man, I would like to share this and see, you know, if it's an encouragement uh, to folks. And so um, so I made a post uh, maybe the day before yesterday. I'm not sure exactly when. And this was something I was thinking about, just kind of looking uh, at society. You know, uh, uh, Miki and I, we we look at ourselves as culture watchers. You know, we watch what's going on and we uh, talk about these things, but we really aim to talk about what's happening from a biblical perspective. Uh, We desire to help the body of Christ as best we can to be discerning about what's happening. A lot of times, you know, because of 
you know, busyness and dullness, man, we can miss the spiritual implications of what God is saying about certain matters. So I recently wrote a, a Facebook post and just some of my thoughts. And I said, if you are a culture watcher like I am, there are many concerning things that are evident. And one of these things is a softening of almost everything that was at one time rugged or tough. From things like sports to the constant offense taken when there's disagreement, we see almost every area of culture opposing toughness, masculinity, robust conversations, and disagreement with civility. And so that's just something that I, that, you know, I recognize. I'm like, man, you can't go somewhere or say something without someone being offended. And it wasn't always like this. I remember, you know, being in school and you can go back and forth. You might disagree with somebody on something, but that was okay. Y'all disagreed, you know, especially in college. That was supposed to be a, a, a place where you can exchange ideas. Even if you didn't be- believe the same as someone else, man, it was okay. You know, and I said the move towards softness and fragility and weakness is all by design by the evil one. Uh, This principle is true in communities, homes, churches, organizations, companies, etc. The straight edge, the truth of the straight straight edge of scripture says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 29, the scripture says, or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. That's Matthew chapter 12, verse 29. The strength of this country has been bound. Men and the strength we bring is not valued in today's America. And our families, our churches, and our nation has reaped have reaped the consequences. Praise God that he's called his church, his church to be counter-cultural. And that's what I said. So, you know, as I look out and I see how things are going, you know, and I'm going to get more into this. There are conversations that you have with people, even different discussions that, man, you see how soft we've gotten. Like, we can't hold up under the weight of, you know, uh, disagreement. So we have a, a culture of softness, and that's what I'm going to title today, the culture of softness. So we have a, a culture of softness in America, and it's by design. For years now, there have been an attack on masculinity. Remember the whole toxic masculinity, you know, how anything that had to do with being masculine that was seen as overbearing or, you know, oppressive, toxic, you know, patriarchy, seen as negative, um, ruggedness and toughness. Those are things that are not really celebrated. And now when I, when I use these terms and I talk about toughness and being rugged, I'm not saying that these are defining features of being a man, that that's all a man can be. Uh, Men don't have to be rugged and tough in the way that the world sees being rugged and and tough. Uh, But there is a sense of leadership and strength 
that God has equipped men with, and this is useful to any society. When you see society moving away from the leadership of men, there's a problem. There's a problem. When you see dads uh, portrayed portrayed on, on TV shows as being bumbling idiots and fools and don't even know what's going on, that's a problem. When they're seen as being aloof and not really there, you know, maybe present in body only, that's a problem. And some of these things are, have, have seeped into the society, you know. That's one, that's one of the things I think we as men have to guard against is that we don't leave it all up to our wives, you know, to take care of everything. That's, that's a real temptation. But the way that the society is set up, it kind of like pushes us towards that. Oh, you don't have to really be involved. You don't really know what's going on. You have your own things that you're doing. That's not the godly way. Men, we are to be leaders. And if we see those uh, deficiencies in our lives, we can go to God. I know I have gone to God and was like, Lord, I'm missing it in this area of being a father, of being a husband. Like we have to be very transparent before the Lord. Know why? Because he already knows. He already knows where we're missing it. But men, we have been called to be leaders. This is a, a high calling that the Lord has given to us. And if you are in Christ, there's no excuse. You know, I like to say whenever I speak about something like this, that it does not matter what your personality is as a man. You are called to lead. I'm a laid back person. And y'all, y'all hear it all the time. You know, Miki is more of a communicator. But that has nothing to do with my leadership ability, right? Because a person uses more words than you may use does not mean that they are leading. And we get it twisted within this society a lot of times because we look at the person who talks the most as being the leader. When, whereas we should look at them as being a communicator, especially if we're talking about husband and wife. You know, that's not always the case. Sometimes men are just more quiet. And the, so they don't lack leadership because of that. But men, have, we have been called to be leaders. We have been called to be leaders. And the way that things have been set up is the opposite. The way that this world is setting things up is like, no, you don't have to lead. You don't have to take charge and, 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 come and be the one with a vision and a mission. You don't have to be the one to do that. Just leave that to your wife. She'll, she'll do all that. She'll take care of the home, the kids, you know. You know, you just kind of just be there. Be present. So, man, I'm not saying you have to be rugged or tough uh, in, in the way that the world sees being rugged and tough to be a leader. But you have been giving, given strength and qualities by God that any society would thrive if they had men who would have these qualities. The move, if you've noticed, has been towards androgyny. That's been a push to have either many genders. It don't have to just be male or female. Many genders. That's been the move. Or no genders at all. You can be whatever you want. Like, none of that is, is important. <laughs> and that is moving away. That mindset is moving away from God's design of male and female. But you know what? God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. 
He has established what he has established, and it is it is done. It is finished. This look, male and female, and there are roles that males play, and there are roles that females play. And you know, no matter how you feel about that, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Take for instance in sports. Now, this is a conversation that I I, I would have with with many people. Um, I, I like sports, you know. Now I had I, I I really moved away from watching some sports because of the political nature it was taking on, you know. But I I grew up playing sports, you know, love sports. But that's always this conversation, you know. Usually, is is people my age or older, they look at the the sports today and they say, man. Sports are they're soft today. They're soft. What was called a foul. You know, back in the day, <laughs> man, like the stuff that they're calling files today, that would not have been called. And I think there's some real truth to that. But I think there's a deeper conversation when we look at even those harmless conversations about sports, because it tells us something about, I believe, about our society and kind of what's going on. So when you have these conversations about sports and you say, man, that wasn't a foul back when I played. Oh, man, you, you just touch them the wrong way, and it, it's foul. You know, and they say, well, this is an effort to protect the players. Okay. But, man, some of this stuff is ridiculous. So a lot of my, when I look at sports, you know, a lot of my disgust is how soft it is now. Like, it's like, man, it used to be a time in basketball, if you were a, 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 a point guard or a shooting guard or whatever, you're going to the rim, you're going to have some contact. You're not just going to go <laughs> – and lay the ball up and not get, you know, you're going to feel it. And a lot of times that wasn't called a foul. It was just it was just some tough play. But now, today, those things have changed. And I know that's, a, that's a, like a, a, a simple conversation, but I have a larger point. The giving away of participation trophies. That's another feature of softness. So we have an atmosphere now where no one can lose. Nobody lose. Everybody gets something. That's not healthy. That's not good for building character. What build ca- what builds character is losing. Taking the loss and coming back next time and doing better. That builds character. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We're talking about the culture of softness. I'll be back right after this. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. 
You're listening to Wednesdays with Will, and we're talking about the culture of salt of softness. The culture of softness. And before the break, I was just talking about how even in sports you can see um, uh, like a decline in, in, I guess, toughness, you know. Um, and I really think some of it, not all of it, but some of it is due to there's a lot of athletes who don't who didn't have their dads in their in their lives. That I mean, that's just the, the truth. There there are a lot who did, but there are a lot more who didn't. Um, you 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 see, uh, even when there is uh, thanks to be given, most of the time is given to the mom, and a lot of those times, those moms were single single mothers. It was single mothers, uh, which is a shame. But I think that has a part to play in the culture of softness that we even see in sports. Uh, you may disagree with me on that, but it's just an observation that I have. So in sports, you can see how they say, man, that, the fouls that they call today, man, wouldn't have been called years ago. Even football, you know, different things um, have gotten soft. The participation trophies, like I said, is another feature of softness where no one can lose. <laughs> but I would submit that losing builds character. Losing build, builds character. Now think about it. We might not have gotten a Michael Jordan if he had not been uh, held back from being on a varsity team when he tried out. They they placed him back on JV because he wasn't good enough. And... You know, the story is that he cried. He went home and cried. But we know the, end, the we know the end of the story. So, yes, as a man, you have emotions, man. You feel bad. It's like, man, but you get back out there and you're like, man, I'm going to try harder, you know. And hopefully I'm going to grow a little more, <laughs> you know. And I'm going to try hard. I'm going to practice. But it's not the end of the world when there's failure, you know. When someone, when you when you lose, that's not the end of it. That can't be the end of it. Those things build character. When I was in school, there, there, you know, there is anxiety at times for taking tests and having projects that are due. But when you fail the test, you felt bad. You're like, man, you might have been embarrassed, uh, but you wouldn't. You you would be encouraged to study harder. You didn't want to fail again. Like you went back. You're like, next time I'm gonna get this. There was no need for therapy, you know, or some label being placed on you, having some type of anxiety or, man, we don't really allow our kids to, to fail and to feel the weight of failing. A lot of times when I look back over my life, the times where I grew the most are the times where I failed, but I got back up and I tried again. It's not easy, you know. It's not easy, but it's very beneficial to fail and not give up. Failure a lot of times built character and made a tougher person, a more independent person. We live in a time where disagreement is not really celebrated or, or, or wanted or, you know, it's not something that can really happen. You know, the saying was, I will agree to disagree, right? Or, you know, I, I disagree with you, but I respect your, your right to disagree with me. 
and I will fight for your right to disagree with me. But not anymore. Not anymore. Today, there are safe spaces and, you know, your speech is violence. You know, you say you're, you're saying something that I disagree with. And so it hurts me to the point where I can't take it. Universities are, are full of young people who can't handle being questioned. And disagreeing speech is seen as, as violence. It, it, it's crazy where we are. We've created this. I ran across an article from 2017, and there, there are some pieces of it that I wanted to share uh, kind of uh, about this, this topic. This article was titled The Fragile Generation. The Fragile Generation, I believe it was written in like 2017. It says, one day last year, a citizen on a prairie path in the Chicago suburb of Elmhurst came upon a teen boy chopping wood. Not a body, just some already fallen branches. Nonetheless, the onlooker called the cops. The officers interrogated the boy who said he was trying to build a fort for himself and his friends. A local news site reports the police then took the tools for safekeeping to, uh, to be returned to the boy's parents. Elsewhere in America, preschoolers at the Learning Collaborative in Charlotte, North Carolina, were thrilled to receive a set of, of gently used playground equipment. But the kids soon found out they would not be allowed to use it because it was resting on grass, not on wood chips. <laughs> it's a safety issue, explained the daycare spokeswoman. Playing on grass is against local regulations. <laughs> and then there was the query that ran in, in the parents' magazines a few years back. Your child's old enough to stay home uh, briefly and often does. But is it okay to leave her and her playmate home while you dash to the dry cleaner? Absolutely not, the magazine said. Take the kids with you or save your errand for another time. After all, you want to make sure that no, one, no one's feelings get hurt if there's a squabble. Now, when I read this, I was like, man, this is where we are. Like, even more, more so today. Like, we, we created a, a culture around us that's so fragile that you can't do anything. I remember going outside and playing, and, and my dad and my mom wasn't, like, over my back, you know? When it was time to come home, I had a signal to come home. Yeah, I knew what it was. But they weren't, like, constantly. It, it was different. Now, some people may say, well, we live in a different world today, you know, kidnapping and stuff like that. But I think we need to cautious, be cautious that we're not overdoing it that we're not creating uh, 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 children who won't be able to do anything on their own. So this boy that was chopping wood to make a fort, the police were called and his tools were taken? Like, that's, that's insane. That's insane. But this is the, the fragile culture that we begin to build, you know? softness is, is celebrated. Uh, no, you might hurt yourself. Don't do that. And I know, man, I'm a parent of six children. And that's oftentimes I'm like, oh, man, be careful. But it's not to the point where, look, you can't do anything. We can't be like that. 
They had another part of this article about trophies and traumas. It says, a few years ago, Boston College psychology professor Emeritus Peter Gray was invited by the head of counseling uh, services at a majority university to a conference on the decline in resilience among students. The organizer said that emergency counseling calls had doubled in the last five years. Emergency counseling calls had doubled in the last five years. What's more, callers were seeking help coping with everyday problems, such as arguments with a roommate. (laughs) Two students had, had dialed in because they found a mouse in their apartment. They also called the police who came and set up a mousetrap. Man, <laughs> and that's not to mention the sensitivity around grades. To some students, a B is the end of the world, and to some parents, too. Free play has little in common with the play we give children today. In organized activities, adults run the show. It's only when the grown-ups aren't around that the kids get to take over. Play is training for adulthood. <laughs> It's amazing when you read stuff like this that you can see that this is happening. Part of the rise in calls could be attributed to the fact that admitting that admitting mental health issues no longer carries the stigma it once it once did and undeniably positive development. But it could also be a sign, Gray realized, that failing at basic adulting no longer carries the stigma it once did. And that is far more troubling. Failing at basic adulting. Like, we don't know how to be adults. That should be something that is, like, alarming. So you have to have somebody to come over and and set up a a mousetrap or to do something. Like, man, we, we have to, like, get better at that. We have to empower our children not to be soft. And look, I will be victim to this, this as well. I know my dad and my grandfather, I saw a, di- a different caliber of man when I looked at them. Like, I'm, I'm serious. My dad and my grandfathers, they, they worked hard. They de- demanded and commanded respect. You know, when they said something, that's what, that's what it was. You had to look them in their eyes. Like, it, it was a different caliber of man. Now we see even some of these uh, sports figures, you know, these guys wearing dresses. <laughs> Talking about their being, you know, fashion forward. What? We have created a culture of softness. A culture of softness. Going back to this article, not letting your child climb a tree because he might fall robs him of classic childhood experience. But being emotionally overprotective takes away something else. We have raised a generation of young people who have been given, who have not been given opportunity to experience failure and to realize they can survive it. We survived it. Failing. I failed many times. You know, whether that was in school or, or in life situations. But I learned from those things. 
And the reason that I, I feel like that I'm able to be a man about the situations today is because of those failures. The last part I want to read uh, in this article, and this title says, Where Have All the Paper, boy, paper Boys Gone? The Paper Boys. It's not just that kids aren't playing much on their own. These days, they're not doing much of anything on their own. Uh, in an article in The Atlantic, Hannah Rosen admits that when my daughter was 10, my husband and I suddenly realized that in her whole life, she had probably not spent more than 10 minutes unsupervised by an adult. In earlier generations, this would have seemed a bizarre and wildly overprotective upbringing. The society had certain age-related milestones that most people agreed on. Kids might be trusted to walk to school by first grade. They might uh, get a latchkey at eight, uh, take on a, a newspaper route around 10, start babysitting at 12. But over the past generation or so, those milestones disappeared, buried by fears of kidnapping, the rise of uh, supervised activities, and the preeminence of homework. Parents today know all about the ac academic milestones their kids are supposed to reach, but not about the moments when kids used to start joining the world. Look, and I'll just stop there for, the, for as far as this article. The point is, we have created this. We have created this culture of softness. We have created a culture where being a man is not celebrated. But if there's a woman trying to be a man, that is celebrated. If there's a man trying to be a woman, that's celebrated. But a man being a man, the way God has designed him to be, is not celebrated. As it, con that's as it concerns sexuality, the trend is toward softness. It's toward softness. When there is a culture of softness, nations, houses, communities can easily be overcome. I'll go back to the scripture, Matthew chapter 12, verse 29. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house? That's a principle that is true. If the strong man is bound, his house is taken. So then you have the other thing at play. When there is no father in the home, it's easier to take the house. That's in a practical sense. We see it all the time. There are young men who don't know how to be men because they have not seen men in their lives. So they deal with altercations and things in a different way it might be gun violence might be fighting but they haven't learned how to as we say man up have conversations man you know have self-control those things are very important but we've created this culture of softness it's soft to when you're upset and you're mad to go get a gun that's softness that's not being a man that's not being a man, but we have a, a lot of young men today who they run to the gun when they get upset. That's the first thing that they want to do. That's no discussion. I'm going to kill you. That's not how it's supposed to be. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'll be back right after this.
Everybody is becoming something. We're all becoming what we behold. Everybody wants to find their purpose. Everybody wants something more. Cause if I'm gonna be more of anything, I just wanna be more like you. If I'm gonna be more of anything, I just wanna be more like you. If I'm giving my all. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and this is Wednesdays with Will. And I'm looking in the chat right here, and I see some comments. Um, one says, how about LeBron and others walking around with purses? Yeah, that's happening. You have, <laughs> they're saying that it's fashion. And they, they might they might even say it's not a purse. It's like a man bag or, or something. You know, it's not a purse. <laughs> also, it says, uh, living in your feelings instead of in the truth is another sign of softness. Yes, I agree. See, a strong man knows how to control himself have self-control but when we are constantly in our feelings and you know want to go off and that's not a um feature of a man of a strong man that's a a, that's a sign of weakness self-control men have self-control and so you see in 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 our society today there's a lack of that a lack of 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 self-control a lack of discipline but again you got to go to the root of that stuff a lot of times they you know young guys have not seen that lived out before I was fortunate enough to have my dad throughout my childhood and my adult life you know he passed a few years back but he was a presence and a force in my life and I would have to say because my mom is pretty laid back like I am she's quiet if I had no dad I don't know if I would be here if my dad was not present in my life, I don't know if I would be like here talking to you guys today. So the thing is, our our um, fathers are important. Our fathers are important. And so you, when you don't have that in the home, when you don't have that happening, man, the outflow of that is weakness, softness. You know, um, now I'm not giving any um major props to to China. But that was a story that we talked about. I think it was 2021. Um and China did something. I was like, "Man, I cannot disagree with them on this." Now, you know, I disagree with that they're communists and they're forcing people to do things and it's all kind of craziness, but they understand something about the culture and softness. They understand that there are some things that you can't allow if you want your nation to be strong. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read some of this story. Uh, this was 2021. That China's government banned effeminate men on TV and told broadcasters uh, Thursday to promote revolutionary culture, uh, broadening a campaign to tighten control over business and society and enforce official morality. So they're trying to enforce things that pretty much can't be enforced. But at the same time, I don't think it's a bad idea to get certain things off of the television. (laughs) 
They didn't want because they saw the effect that it was having on the population. Man, the, the things that are, are on television in America, they definitely have an effect on the population, on the young people coming up and the older people. So their president, um, Xi Jinping, he called for a national uh, rejuvenation with tighter Communist Party control. See, that, it, it, they're wrong there. That, that whole thing, that whole system is not right. The party had reduced children's access to online games, so they saw something that was wrong with the online gaming. I agree with that. Now, over here, we have, we have our parents that need to have control and say you're not, you're not going to be on that game for hours on end. Like, over here, you know, we don't need the government to come in and say you have limited access to your game. But we need parents to say, no, you're not going to sit there on that game all day. So in China, they, they do it different because they have a different form of government. So that they had limited access on online games and is trying to discourage what it sees as unhealthy attention to celebrities. Do we have unhealthy attention to celebrities here? Yep. <laughs> yep. Now I'm just reading the story. It said broadcasters must, this is a quote, resolutely put an end to, it said, sissy men and other abnormal Aesthetics. The TV regulator said using an insulting slang term for effeminate men. Basically, girly guns. That's, that's what it translated to. So they see the effect that this entertainment is having on their men. And they're like, man, because they have a dictatorship communist government, they, they're like, uh-uh, take it off TV. Now, over here, I'm not advocating for that, but I am advocating for us as parents to have a, 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 um, a watch over what our children are, watch, are watching and seeing and listening to because it will affect them. It's going to affect how they see things. It's going to affect how they act. It's amazing. The broadcaster should avoid, it says, promoting vulgar Internet celebrities. <laughs> I agree with that. We shouldn't promote that over here either. And administration of wealth and celebrity, the uh, regulator said. Instead, programs should vigorously promote excellent Chinese traditional culture, revolutionary culture, and advanced socialist culture. Now, of, of course, I don't agree with any of those forms of government. But what I am saying is what they're trying to do with an iron fist, we should do as parents... And in, in watching over and discipling our children. Like, part of being a parent is that we have access and control on what is in our homes and what they're watching, all of that. But a lot of times we're so loose that we don't even really care sometimes. We just want them to be, you know, uh, uh, out of our hair. And so, yes, of course, you know, I'm against the communist regime of China. But at the same time, they see something that's harmful to what their objective is, and they, would, they try to do something about it. And over here, we don't have, man, we're like, no, put it on the air. More people need to watch. We need to have every sitcom with a homosexual in it. Over here, we want more of it. Put it in the children's uh, uh, cartoons. Put it in, you know, man, 
have the drag queen hours in the schools and libraries. Like we want more of that foolishness. China understand that this, this is going to hurt them being a, a world power. But we over here, we want more of that. We want more of the debauchery. Man, we have created and are creating such a softness in our culture here that when our enemies come, I don't know if we're going to be ready. You know, I was talking recently to a military person, and they said, yeah, Will, the stuff that, that's being done is harming the military. The, 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 the training, the, the sensitivity training, and, you know, you can't say this, you got to use these pronouns and all this kind of stuff that's happening in our military. How are we going to expect them to, to protect if they're being desensitized and indoctrinated with all this foolishness? We've, we are creating a culture of softness. Now, you can, we can say what we want about China, and I'll agree with, with all of it. But at the same time, I'm like, man, they get something that we should get without having to have a government come in and say, you need to do this. We should understand this, at least as Christians, at least as the body of Christ, that we can't just allow everything to come in and that the things that are on those TV screens are causing our children to be, behave in certain ways. We should have discernment as the, as the church. It's amazing. And I know that's an old story. That's from 2021. But, man, it makes the point of what I'm trying to say today, that we're creating a a culture of softness, while in other countries they're creating, like, they want men. (laughs) They're like, get the the, 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 the effeminate. And look at that word. That's like a biblical word. Get the effeminate off the air. (laughs) Get them off the air. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing. So for men to be godly is biblical, right? There's a scripture that says, uh, be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. All that you do must be done in love. Now, I know this scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians was, were, were, was written to men and women, but when you look at this particular part, it says, be, be on alert, Stand firm in the faith. It's calling for maturity. It's calling for courage. The Bible says, act like men. Be strong. Well, that's a feature of being a man. But yes, men and women can be courageous and mature, but act like men. So although Paul is talking to men and women in his text, he says, act like men. It's a word, andrizo, to behave like a man, to play the man. That this admonishment that Paul gives to the Corinthian church rings loud for us today. And I'm saying it loudly. Act like men. Men, let's act like men. Let's be men. When we are surrounded by a culture that moves away from men being men and acting like men, the straight up call is to say to the church, let's act like men. Paul also said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he said, when I was a child, I used to speak like a child and think like a child, reason like a child. And when I became a man, I did away with childish things. The call here is to be mature. When I was a child, I did childish things. We can identify with that. But when, when I became a man, 
And if you're a woman, when you became a woman, you there's a call for maturity. But I'm I'm nailing down on be being a man because I'm talking to men specifically. Mm-hmm. Being man to be uh, and becoming a man and being a man is a good thing in God's economy. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I don't care what this culture says. Where it want to go away from. We see men carrying around purses and wearing dresses and all this kind of stuff. God has called for men to be men, to act like men, to dress like men, to behave like men. And I want to end it off like this. There's a spiritual responsibility that men are given in the word of God. And it's surrounded by prayer. You know, prayer is one of those things where for a long time it had been kind of relegated to the women. Women, uh, the, the mothers of the church pray. Uh, the men, you know, they may come to prayer, or, you know, they may pray. But, man, it's mainly the, the women. But if you look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says, First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity, who desire all, desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator be, also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given in the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and apostle, and an apostle. I'm telling the truth, I am not lying. As a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Therefore I want men... And that's biological, that's men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and dissension. Men, we should be leading out in the prayer meetings. We should be the ones who are leading our homes in prayer, leading our churches in prayer. That's not something that's uh, the, the woman's job or relegated just to, to women. Now, I'm not saying that women shouldn't pray. But, man, we need more men praying. God has set in order for man to be the spiritual lead in the head of the home, a covering for his wife and children, but also to have spiritual authority through prayer for his community and nation. Notice that it says that you will lead a tranquil life by praying for those who are in authority. Men are to be leading out in prayer. In 1 Timothy, Paul is addressing Timothy and tells him that all men of prayer should be made for all, all men. Then there are specific offices, namely for kings and those who are in authority. Remember the king at this time was Nero, one of the fiercest persecutors of the Christians. The man of God is to pray for those in authority, even if they disagree with him or dislike him. So if you want to be a man, one of the most spiritual things that you can do is be a prayerful man. Lord, help us all as men to be men of prayer in our homes. I'm asking the Lord to help me to be more of a prayerful man in my home, in my community, for this nation. Maybe some of the things that we're dealing with in this country is because men are not praying. Men are not praying. Because if we're not living those tranquil and peaceful lives, well, the scripture says if we pray for those, that we would have that. Men, stand up. Pray. Be the head. This has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be back tomorrow, but until then, God bless. <laughs>